What's up, everyone? I really hope you're enjoying your summer. Sweden is bathing in summer heat. Thank you for tuning into this moment. As you know, this is the transatlantic bridge connecting Stockholm, Sweden to Harlem, New York City. This week, I am actually down in Skåne, the south of Sweden, the heartland in the town where I was born. That is Lund, Sweden. So that's why I'm reporting from right now, because Sweden is going into its summer hibernation or summer uh, vacation. Call it what you will, where the sun never sets and uh, the barbecues or the grills, that is, are never turned off. So this week we will be giving y'all a replay of a favorite episode. This is episode number 30. We called it Respect on My Name, and it's featuring the Swedish politician, an EU parliament member of the Green Party, former Minister of Culture, Alice Ball Kunke. This was really a great episode. Alice Ball's uh, passion, her humor, and just sheer humanity really uplifted both Marcus and I when we had this conversation in December. So it's well worth a listen if you haven't heard it already. And here it is. Alice, 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 I just have to say, this is the year where black women in politics makes the difference. And we think about Stacey Abrams and we think about people like Tamika Mulroy in the States. But you are the brightest star that we have in Sweden in politics. Well, we don't have so many, so... <laughs> well, That's something we definitely want to get to also. That's something we want to talk to you about, Alice. But there is a young girl somewhere in Sweden, young, maybe 12, maybe 13, that is now thinking about, oh, politics is for me. They're speaking to me. My voice matters. My vote matters. So give us, give us the short version about why politics, how politics, and um, was it always in your family? Well, the short story goes that uh, my father is from, from Gambia. And uh, growing up, uh, he wanted to do something more with his life. So he was uh, listening to this radio channel called Radio Luxembourg. Oh, yes. Not so far from, from Brussels. So um, he, he decided when listening to the music that he needed needed to go to New York. Mm. So he started his journey, went uh, through the north of Africa, took the boat to Spain. And in Spain, when working, uh, picking uh, oranges, mm. wow. he heard that there were a lot of uh, work uh, up north, work and beautiful women. <laughs> so he went to Copenhagen. Mm -hmm. And when he was in Copenhagen, my mother was studying to be a teacher in Malmö. So they met one night and my mother brought him with the boat because there weren't any bridges then uh, to Malmö and they made uh, me the same night. Oh, wow. And he, he, they he, didn't waste he any time. He never made it to New York. Mm. <laughs> they didn't waste any time. So my father didn't go to New York for maybe like 50 years later wow. when he got a trip from uh, me and my brothers and sisters. So, uh, but he always told me and my, my brother and my sister that we we had no excuses wow. uh, not uh, becoming uh, happy and doing something with our lives. And this was, for me, it wasn't a burden that he told us this every night. You have no excuses. You are being brought up in the best country in the world. You have everything for free. And people are struggling all over the world. And I think that's when I really got the sense, and through him, I got the sense of uh, being part of something bigger. I always known that the world is bigger than the little village that I grew up, to, grew up in after moving from, from Malmö. We moved to the countryside in Småland, where my mother's uh, family comes from since hundreds and hundreds of years back. How old were you when you so, moved there? Uh, I was two, three, oh, wow. three, I think. Okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. So we left all our friends. Uh, I, they were, we were living in Rosengård, and uh, they were one uh, of the first families in their house. And so we left all our friends uh, there and, and moved to, to Småland. And um, when... Growing up in Småland, in this small village, uh, you couldn't do anything else than go to the churches. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and there were a lot of churches. So I went to Philadelphia Kyrkan, Mission Kyrkan, and the Swedish church. And there I really got the, the, the big um, 
I mean, then I got the whole picture. I'm raised in, in church. So I, uh, I true, and I have an only good experience, not only good, but uh, 95% good experiences from church. So there I started to know more about the world and uh, what the responsibilities that we have that have everything for free. But, 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 but we, we got we to so, we we, we slow this down. So <laughs> we're talking about this is a mid-70s or early 80s. So my family, we were the three black kids, not only in our block, our village. It felt like the whole city. And I grew up in a small town outside Gothenburg. You grew up in Småland, which is really tiny, tiny place. So I'm sure the Ba family, you know, you guys must have looked very different from your other friends and, and yeah, friends in school, right? How was that? Like, what was the impact of that? Well, it was, for me then, it was, uh, I mean, of course, it was strange in some way that people, oh, everybody knew me. And if something bad happened and they saw a black kid uh, was part of the gang that did the bad thing, uh, of course, I was to blame. But uh, compared to the, the racism that my father mm -hmm. met and uh, the racism that uh, almost stopped him, even though he kept on struggling, um, my uh, childhood was a walk in the park because I was also seen as something special. Uh, almost as I was from God given. Wow, wow. <laughs> so I mean, you know, yeah. no, because I am, I am absolutely. But you are something special, totally Alice. Normal, no, but I am really. I am at three points here. I am normal, but I was uh, met as being special. Wow. And wow. then, if if children are being met and seen as something special, then you you also you raise to the occasion. Mm -hmm. Do you understand what yeah. I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So so it was like when the if something, if the newspaper, the Vanamonyete, came to our village to to take a picture of something, then the village said maybe Alice should be in the picture too. Okay, <laughs> okay. So you, were okay. So you were you were a celebrity, yeah. In, in, and so the name of the village is Hulda, in and it's outside Vanamo. So and how many people lived in Hulda? Then maybe 100, 150. I mean, it, and several hundred of cows. Wow. I mean, so, yeah. so cows <laughs> more, out, more, out did more people cows seven to one. Yeah, yeah. Did you I have to ask you about your mother? <laughs> because was that a burden for her? Because we were three. We might have two older sisters. And sometimes we just went to the, you know, to our neighborhood store and just wanted to get milk and whatever, just regular stuff. And there was always a scene when all the three kids came with the, with the funky hair and the spunky hair and... I remember my mom just fighting, not almost fighting, but always like, stand back, do not touch my my daughter's hair, do not touch my son's hair. And it's like, and it, it wasn't always, I mean, it was friendly, and it was people being curious, but it was so rare. And if you caught my mom on the it's wrong so day, yeah. it could be like, dude, we're just here for milk, leave them alone, do you know <laughs> what I mean? But I remember constantly <laughs> seeing the the feet of the village, like coming up, touching my sister's hair and stuff like that. Mm. How was, did you, did your mom feel a lot of pressure about that or how did she react to all that? Well, no, I, I wouldn't say, but of course you can ask her and maybe she has a whole other story, but I wouldn't say that my mother was so troubled because she's like a, from, she's, she's still living in her own little world. But my father, I had a, a, this uh, crazy father. And it, when he saw that somebody did something to his children to minimize us or to neglect us, or in any way, he was mad. I mean, and he was, so, so people, all the children in my age and in my brothers and sisters' classes and so on, they were afraid of our father because he was so, so... Uh, uh, <laughs> sound effects. Put some respect on I my mean, name. Put some respect on the Barkunkin name. Come yeah, on. <laughs> so Come on. sometimes I felt embarrassed for him I, I, because I was ashamed that I had this crazy black father. But almost always I was also proud because I knew I was safe. He made me, he made my childhood uh, safe. My name is Alice Pakunke and you are listening to This Moment. <laughs> Spring 
is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at UH1.com. I've been proud. Jason's father would have been proud. Yeah, yeah. Mark, Marcus knows my father well. Hearing you talk about your father, yes. Alice, it sounds like you're talking about my dad. Because I would want to just, like, shrink into my clothes and just hide. Because I'd be so ashamed that my dad was, and always in English, right? Or in super broken Swedish. Like, I remember one time we were uh, coming out of a building and somebody else was going in and my dad held the door open nice and the person just walked in and my dad got upset oh, you like, do oh that. you're welcome you're welcome this the service is free around here <laughs> like yeah i'm sure i'll be your janitor you know like totally unprovoked he just got upset that somebody wasn't being you know courteous to him yes and respect. he felt the need to like you know be respected and and i was just so ashamed and there's so many stories like that yes and i have i have thousands of them I love the fact that your father picked oranges in Spain and you are now working in the European Parliament. Mm. What a journey. That what an incredible violence. story. You know, that's amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, it is. <laughs> and it's also. But that's also due to, I mean, but it's not only due to, to him or me, it's also due to the, the Swedish system that we can go to school, we can study at university uh, for free, uh, more or less, and that we have all these possibilities. Uh, and some, sometimes people are saying, well, Sweden is like the uh, Mellanmjölkslandet. What, how do you say it? The, just the, like even uh, Stephen, nothing extraordinary, but nothing too depressed. It's just like every, the, the everything's fine country, kind of. Yes, everything's fine country. And it. I mean, it's not the same today, but it, do Growing up during the 70s and the 80s, I mean, it, it, uh, I mean, it really took care of you. So uh, my journey is, uh, I, I, I say praise to the generations before us that really made these things possible. My grandmother and my grandfather and the generation before them who didn't have afford to go to school, who didn't afford to start at university. This is about class and about the, the possibilities that, that a country can give you. Absolutely. And, and if you are willing then also to take the chance and having a father from a very poor country always telling us to fight, do more, try. Yes, of course you can. Mm -hmm. Try he's harder. Like, he's, he, try harder, yes. And always if we came home and we were sad for something, he was like, oh, up in the, on the horse yeah, again. Yeah. You can do it. He was like this real... Is, can I ask I mean, you, is your dad American still... Are your parents still alive? Yes, and they are still married. And they're still Don't in, Are they still in Hulda? Or have they, you know, are they Valamo? Yes. Or, no, still they there. are still... They so, are still in wow. the same house. I mean, yeah. I can just imagine, like, your... But both your parents, obviously, but especially your dad coming from having picked oranges in Spain. You know, when you become the Minister of Culture... Now you're in a member of the European Parliament, like like you made it. You didn't, you know, you did try harder. You didn't use any excuses. No, exactly. I mean, they have our parents, my mother and father, they are not uh, the kind of parents that uh, tells you that you are fantastic. But I know that you they see are it in their proud. eyes. Uh, you know. I know. Yes, I can see it in their eyes. Again, my dad is the same way, you know. But you, you know, can see it, I can uh, see it in the corner of his eyes when, when he's really, when he's proud, you know. Alice, we were very excited, me and Jason, to talk to you today. And on our way coming here, we actually uh, drove past where Olaf Palme got shot, right? And, you know, for our generation, we kind of talk about Sweden pre-Olaf Palme, got killed in Sweden and post. There's like, for me, there's like the innocence of Sweden mm. just broke. Mm. Um, what type of impact do you think, because you remember you were a teenager, like, wh what type of impact did you think that had on your family or on you? Did you, do you remember it? Like, talk to us about yes, it. Yes, but we all remember it. I mean, I, being a politician and uh, being a politician today 
in a polarized uh, world, in a polarized uh, Europe, in a, in a polarized Sweden. Uh, of course, I'm well aware of the risks to, to take a stand. And also being a green politician, you know, the Swedish Democrats, they always point at us as their biggest enemy, uh, which, uh, of course, I'm proud of. Uh, but I'm also, uh, I mean, this is a uh, really active uh, I, I mean, I'm conscious about what I'm doing. And this is something that I want to do. And I have talked to my husband and my children and my brother and sister and my parents about the risks I take. Because I have like the, uh, I mean, of course, I are living under threats. Uh, you do as a politician, as a green politician, as a woman and as a black green woman. Exactly. <laughs> so, I was going to say, <laughs> I mean, I think woman. the level and, of threat reserved for just like you said, black woman, green, like it's, it's, it's triple. Yes. It's, it's triple. But this is something, I mean, if not I, if not I, who has been born and brought up in Sweden, uh, one still one of the best countries in the world, if not I am willing to take a stand for those who are the poorest in the world, who, who else? I mean, I think that I have been blessed with this opportunity and I'm so happy and I include the risk because it's worth it. Hopefully I won't uh, get hurt or, or killed, but I know. Uh, I hear, I also hear your dad told you every evening, you have no excuses. Yeah. Like you have, like, you come through. that's not an no. excuse not to step up and you didn't, you, you didn't hesitate. Do you, do you remember, no. is there a eureka moment? Is there a moment where you decide to become like, where you go from, because you start in, during the 90s, you were uh, uh, a TV personality, you know, from a young age, you were a TV personality and you were doing well in entertainment and then moving into uh, um, some corporate positions and then and then into politics. Do you remember there was a moment where yeah. you were like, OK, I'm taking the step in. And what was that moment? Well, I, I actually I do, because. I was, uh, as you said, working in TV and I really had it uh, all planned <laughs> and uh, I earned a lot of money. I had this beautiful apartment on Birgerjarlsgatan, like the big street in Stockholm. I had even a beautiful boyfriend. I had, uh, an, I mean, I had an, everything. It's basically but Park Avenue. If you play in Monopoly, it's basically Park <laughs> Avenue. Yeah. <laughs> Not really. Well, we can say that. Uh, but... But then I started study uh, at Stockholm University and I started studying political science. And I remember so well sitting in this, it's quite ugly blue houses and the F house is where the political science department is. And I remember sitting in the basement with my fellow student uh, colleagues and uh, uh, I had this, I had to go to uh, Channel 4 to do my show and I remember that we were into such a interesting discussions about fair trade, about the bananas and, and, uh, and about the consumer power and how to change and so on. And I remember that I felt, I don't want to leave. I don't want to go to put, sit in the makeup chair and get all beautiful and to do the show. I want to stay to have these discussions. And this feeling, now when I'm telling you, I almost got goosebumps because that was really so, uh, it was such a joy that I felt that this is what I want to do. I want to discuss politics. I want to be part of this change. I want to be one who really sees the effect I can have as a consumer to be able to do something good for those who are producing what I eat and so on and so forth. So that's one of the Eureka moments, mm. I, I guess. So, Alice, I have to ask you, because this is, this is not a small year for politics and for, you know, um, black women really changed the world in many ways, but this year it really came out because, you know, Stacey Abraham basically won the election for Joe Biden, together with Kamala Harris, together with people like Angela Rye and Tamika Malroy. Now, here you are in the middle of Europe, in Brussels. Are people still confused that you represent Sweden as a black woman? Or is people past that now? Does people understand that Sweden has all kinds of, that we are actually a multicultural 
uh, society, or are you are people still like, oh, are you from Sweden? Like, how does how does that moment, that moment of awkwardness that we all gone through in different spaces, but Jason and I do it in food or in entertainment, which kind of gives it a little bit different context to do it in politics. Like, how does that it's, tell us about that? Well, uh, it's uh, I mean, it's still that uh, so that people can't believe that I'm from Sweden. And look at the parliament. We are 705 uh, members of the parliament from 27 different European countries. And how do we look? We look like we all are men in our 50s, 60s and white. I mean, we are not even representative for the people in these countries because if we are not reflecting the reality. And this is a huge problem. And this is something... This three, uh, these are the we, representatives of some, 350 million people or something yeah. like that, right? How many women? Just just break it yes, down for us. No more. How many women about? 700 uh, uh, people. So about how many women about? Uh, uh, well, I would say, uh, I don't have the figures in front of me, but I would say... Uh, uh, among those 705, uh, maybe maybe 40% uh, are women. Okay, 30%. so we get to... But when it comes to people of color... Yeah. No, 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 but we're going to break it down. So that uh, 40%, 30%, that's about 300 uh, people, or 280 people and so. And then then add ish, add blackness to that. Just a little bit, just a little. And it doesn't have to be exact just, numbers, just, Alice. Yeah. We're not, just, we're not... Just a little bit, just a little cocoa, just a little, just a little, just a little. <laughs> But we maybe maybe we are five. five. Wow. How many of them maybe, are from France? We are. <laughs> I mean, I mean, four of them. I mean, oh my god! So that's <laughs> it's just getting you know, less and less. Okay, maybe, yeah. Okay, maybe maybe we, maybe we are ten, fifteen, uh, uh, maximum, maximum, and then maybe I count in somebody who's been in the sun. Yeah. I mean, I don't know <laughs> because we are not that many. Uh, so I mean, after the Brits uh, left us, uh, I mean. I mean, half of us disappeared. So Great Britain was such an important actor from many perspectives within European politics. Uh, but so, yes, I mean, I, representation is a huge issue because it's about trust. And we have a, a great challenge when it comes to, to trust because politics in general and politicians in general are not trusted uh, enough. And if we don't represent the people uh, that have elected us, then uh, it's a big uh, it's a big big scar in the trust that uh, politics are dependent on. So this is a, a huge problem. So I hope that I can inspire one girl or you two are. to go into definitely. politics. You definitely are, Alice. But yeah, but hopefully. right now, when we're talking to you, tell us where you are. Well, I'm <laughs> in my office, and you see the grey mm-hmm. wall here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm in the parliament. Have you seen the parliament building? It's like a huge glass and metal building. Well, in the center of Brussels, I'm here. Uh, I, I heard the guards going through. I mean, it's even that the guards sometimes don't know that I'm an MEP. And I have been asked to show really? my MEP card. And I asked my, yes, even and there. I asked my colleagues. Of course. My, even there. I mean, this is but something we're used to. Group, I mean, all three of us are used to, like, if you're, I don't know, maybe uh, we've, I, I guess I'm guessing we've all three had the experience if you're in a shop and you're being followed yes. by maybe yes. the you know the the personnel in the shop to yeah. make sure that you're not shoplifting. You're getting this but in the parliament building. Yes. Yes. But uh, when I was a kid I did though. Mm. You did? You did yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> I did shoplifting. <laughs> I never did. Do you know my you know Marcus my is such collection? a bad boy. Well, See, I, I, did did know. I did have the money for the record collection. <laughs> <laughs> I did though, they were right though. <laughs> Now it's coming out. Now it's the prescription. Well, I did get shoplift. I was the the, the Christian scout. So I I did Mm -hmm. Mm shoplift. But well, it's the same thing here. Listen, I I have to tell you about that story because it was, I know even the moment when I stopped shoplifting, right? There was two moments, right? Have you stopped two times? No, 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 no. I just had to quit. I knew when I had to retire. It was, (laughs) I had this soccer bag where I knew where I had to pull, uh, pull back the zipper for a, a single or for an LP. I had it or, or the okay, right? We okay. were like all soccer kids. At least it's honorable. Yeah. It's music. But. So then <laughs> so we went into NK to the record store. And then all of a sudden I was like, 
they have this like electric system. I was like, damn. <gasps> People can't live anymore. I was like, "What's up with this?" It was much better when it was just the this old guy. This was not his first time. No, Alice. I was like, "What happened <laughs> to?" Obviously not. What happened yeah. to the guy just like standing behind the record, big behind the counter, running after you? You're a teenager. He's never gonna catch you. And I was like, "I don't like where Sweden is heading with this electric <laughs> electronic." The alarm. Yeah. That's that's what I had to stop. No, no, I retired. No. That's Marcus. a good re a risk assessment. <laughs> I'm a bit shocked. Can we can we cut this yeah, part yeah. out of the? <laughs> we we can't cut this out. You know? you know, but, but that's the I... difference. Marcus wasn't destined for public office. You know, obviously, <laughs> even at a young age, he disqualified himself. He, you know? he like, really the second did. time. But it happened in it happened in twice twice right. Oh, okay. So the second time, so my best friend. So always one wasn't my, enough. One wasn't <laughs> enough. So the, it happened. You had to learn, right? So it happened twice. So my best friend Mats, he came with me to the summer house in Smergen, and uh, we worked and hung out for a whole summer, and we started to like shoplift like these like five kroner like jewelry for our little girlfriends, mm -hmm. and then of course we're teenagers like and we come back home, <laughs> and then and then we kids face. right we kids, <laughs> so Mats doesn't even unpack his own bag, mm. So he has all these like I don't know four kroner, five kroner, ten kroner like jewelry in his bag, and his mom's like, "What is this? What is this?" No. My dad, she calls my dad. My dad, he hasn't even like left the car. Basically, he's like, <laughs> "Get back in the car. Get back in the car right now." Mm -hmm. So not only we, we were like, well, we can just call the store and apologize. It was two hours drive between Smergen and Gothenburg. You're going back. We had to go back in the car, put the it wasn't even jewelry to that point, right? Yeah, no. We had to put it back in, drive all the way back, apologize, and that was the ending of my shoplifting career. Good. It was good. short. Very good father. I was embarrassed. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean I'm, yeah. I'm a bit shocked. I mean, that you also stole records at Enco. I mean, mm. oh <laughs> my God. I mean, records are expensive. I mean, the, I know, I know. but. Yeah. I am not proud of it, but like we're having this moment where yeah, we have yeah, to talk, we can share it out. these things. It's 2020, and I, I will happy go down to Enco and repay them. Yes. But, you know, it was a short-lived career. Here's a cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact. You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? 
They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. You're in the European Parliament. Tell us a bit about how, I mean, you, you're, you're a public servant. You're doing service for not only for your country, but for the continent of Europe, for the world, for the people who elected you. Um, and democracy is all about the cooperation, compromise, conversation. You know, at least this is the the old picture of how I saw democ- democracy pre the social media world of polarization and and arguments and entrenchment and so forth. But I know that in the building where you work every day, of these seven and seven hundred and five, uh, co- uh, seven hundred and four colleagues that you have, some are from countries and parties that are like diametrically opposed to what you stand for, who you are, who your family is, and what you believe in. How is how is it navigating your your work as an elected official today when you're talking to these? colleagues. Yes, it's exactly as you describe it. I mean, among those 704 others, there are uh, fascists, there are mm. racists, there are up, even yeah. Nazists, there mm. are people mm. from Gyllene Gryning in Greece. Mm. The golden so they, dawn they are from Nazis. Greece, straight up Nazis. Yes. yes, so I mean, but you know what it does to me? And maybe that's mm. because I feel that, I mean, we have such a huge challenge when it comes to saving this planet as a whole. Mm. I mean, not only the people within it, but the whole systems that we are dependent on. And I feel that if not being a politician now, then when? And I feel that, so you know, so it's really putting fire. I mean, it's in Sweden, there are a poem called uh, Elda under uh, din vrede, Mm. uh, to put fire under your anger. Yeah. And when I meet them in the in the corridor, the Nazis and the fas- fascists from, I mean, Le Pen party and in, in mm-hmm. France and so, mm-hmm. I feel like I feel so, you know, You're on the I, front line. I, I really feel inside of me. It's like for burning up. It's like mm-hmm. I don't even have to ask for another. Uh, we hit the weird thread. Um, yeah, it's like, another piece of wood to throw into that fire. Yeah, another piece. Of, it's like, uh, I mean, you know, when my body sends them coming in the, down the hall, mm-hmm. it's like somebody put another piece uh, piece of uh, uh-huh, wood, wood in into the, the fire. fire. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, like, I mean, I'm so happy. I mean, honestly, mm-hmm. I'm so happy to be yeah. right here right now yeah. because I, I want to fight them almost physically, but that's mm-hmm. not the way because mm-hmm. I'm a Democrat. I need to mm-hmm. use the democratic tools that we mm-hmm. have. So, I mean, you know, in, in, in my party, in Miljöpartiet, we have this rotation system. We are the only mm-hmm. party, the only Swedish party that have this rotation system. It means that you can't be a politician more than two mandates. You can't be on the same uh, level more than two mm-hmm. months because then you are supposed to, you have paved the way for someone else. Mm-hmm. So you have to rotate in and then you should rotate out because mm-hmm. we don't believe being a politician should be a career that you can do the no, rest exactly. of your life. So like our uh, former uh, uh, leader, he he was the party leader for two years, mm-hmm. uh, for two months, Gustav. Yes, mm-hmm. and then he went to the employment bank and uh, searched for a job, and now he's a teacher because that's mm-hmm. the way we are Beautiful. we are supposed mm-hmm. to live and do. So I feel it's a truly right, democratic right now, tradition. Yeah. Yes, but right now this is my time, and mm-hmm. hopefully I can pave the way. So so I feel I have to do the most I can during these can, years. And, you, that Alice, I and I think, I think Alice, can I just say thank you? Yeah, thank that. you. You know, from from <laughs> as somebody living in Sweden and having a child growing up in Sweden and mm-hmm. in Europe, and for my family and all my yes. friends that are here, thank you for doing the work that you're doing. Well, and I love, I can tell the passion, Yeah, you know, when you're just describing when you're walking down the corridor and meeting the Golden Dawn and Fidesz and whoever else is there. Yes. No, 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 we don't mention their names, but... But, you know, I'm so happy that you are we there are. representing and us. It, and it's also, think about the sacrifices that you actually standardize and normalize, right? First of all, you're sacrificing. Mm. I'm sure it's not easy on your family. You know, you have three kids? Yes. Three kids. Three girls. So, 
Yeah, so there, there's a choice right there that you as you guys have done as a family, and it's a sacrifice, right? Uh, are they with you in Brussels, or are they in Stockholm? Yes. No, I took them with me because I, I, oh, that's I try not to fly so much. So mm-hmm. I, I go back to Sweden every third week, me, myself, by train. Mm-hmm. So I move them here, so they go to school here. And I have a, mm-hmm. a man, only one, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I could need a bunch of them, but uh, it's not allowed. So I have uh, my husband yet. also, Johannes. We don't yes. know what so the green party yeah. might. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but, but, yeah. but think about this. I, I really want to go down this list because let's let's like acknowledge that. Yeah, right? So family. So family, that's a huge choice, right, and difficult. Then yeah. on top of it, you, you said it earlier, but you said it very quietly, that you're getting threatened, right? And... That's not something we should standardize or normalize. That that's horrible. First of mm. all, you're a public it's servant. Democratic. And, I mean. But I also think that you're setting a such an in, incredible important standard, right? Because I'm fully believing that the Green Party will be the most relevant party in all of Europe, actually, because you think about what questions matters, right? Environmental is. That's, that's why. That's the starting point. It is point the of it starting all. point. You yeah. can't. There's two things that you have to start a company today with tech and green. Mm. If you don't have mm. these two, mm. you actually do not have a viable. No, no I mean, we, we spend a lot of our time, and I've spent a lot of my, my, my like working time arguing for racial justice, you know, yeah. in Sweden and in the world. But, but even before we even get to that, the environment and the climate crisis mm-hmm. needs to be addressed, and it's just not being. And having said all that, uh, Alice, how do you feel? You know, okay, it wasn't it wasn't an election night. It was an election process that took a long time. I'm sure we haven't seen the end of it. But how do you feel now with uh, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris having won the U.S. election? How did that make you feel? It makes me feel hopeful because mm. the world wouldn't have afforded four more years with Donald Trump no. because mm. he is really, really a disaster and it can't be uh, uh, said in any other way because he was, I mean, this is this is so scary and it's almost mm. hard to talk as a politician because I feel yeah. so ashamed to, to be a politician when he is also a politician mm. Uh, mm. because he is lying, he is betraying his own people, he is in company with, uh, with Putin, I mean, mm. with with Erdogan, with people that really have no morals. So mm. this is a, a huge problem. So I'm so mm. happy, even though it, there are a lot of things that I'm not agreeing with in, in Joe Biden's uh, politics. Um, uh, I think he's so much better and there is hope for the world because he's a, a diplomat. He's a real politician mm. and and. He has promised to bring the U.S. back into the Paris Agreement. And exactly, so there is that chance that we can save so this world. Tell us what that and means. So tell important. us what what's the impact of the U.S. coming yeah. back into the Paris Accord? I mean, it's it's huge. Uh, the yeah. Paris Agreement that the world have decided on to work towards trying to stop the global warming and and press it under two degrees. It's Mm. like the only and the big only tool we have to maybe Mm. being able to save this planet. And when Donald Trump promised and even went to elections the the first time with saying, I will get U.S. out of this, was Mm. like, is he he serious? I mean, he wasn't even responsible uh, enough to... To, to not saying such a stupid and idiotic thing because it was in the same time when he said that I will take U.S. out of the Paris Agreement, he was also saying I will make sure that U.S. is not part of saving the world. And yeah. then when but- Biden said I'm going to elections and I will bring U.S. back into the Paris Agreement, yeah. he gave all of us hope. When your mandate is up, will you go back to entertainment? Will you go back to culture? What, what? 
you want to stay in politics? It's still a long time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, think, you know, I still you're think there's a it. good many years left. No, but how, yeah. how have you thought about it? We need her on the front lines. No, how have you thought about it? No, yes, of course I have thought about it. And there are so many things. Uh, I mean, first of all, I really want to underline that this is something that I am very well aware of. Also being a green politician, I can't be here and I, I don't want to be here forever. I want to pave the way for, for others. So I, am want, I think I will go into agriculture because you know what? We need to, to uh, uh, what's it called in English? Odla. Um, uh, yeah, cultivate. Grow. Yeah, cultivate. Grow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, cultivate. So cultivate. we need to cultivate more things that, uh, that grows, that we can eat. And right now we are in, uh, we are, uh, I mean, we are not uh, uh, self-sufficient enough. We're dependent on imports and we're dependent on goods that exactly. come from, that have to travel a long way. Yes, and I would like to be a farmer. So I have looked up where I could uh, uh, buy a farm. and it. Are you going back to Valnamo? No, unfortunately it won't no, be No, not smaller. back to Valnamo. No, it will be Jämtland. <laughs> have you been in Jämtland? Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, of course. It's a beautiful part of yes. the beginning of the north. Yeah, yes. Very well, so I would like to be a farmer. Sweets are from. Yes, and I would like to be a farmer. But you, we, the three of us, as black people in Sweden, we also have to acknowledge our privileges, and we're very often invited into many places where a lot of people like us are not invited into. Mm. And um, you know, I remember a, a very pivotal moment uh, for myself was when. The year when Toni Morrison won the Nobel Peace uh, Nobel Nobel Prize, Prize in in um, literature, literature, and she looked like this incredible queen in her dreadlocks, and she stood out. Here's this black queen among just an ocean sea of men, basically. And um, just prepared for this interview, there's this amazing picture of you at a Nobel um, dinner, you know, where. This is about 25 to 30 years later, but the number of black women haven't increased. And you stand out like this beautiful flower at that dinner. And I was happy that it was you, so it was a sense of progress and lineage. But I was also disappointed that 30 years later, that blackness didn't enter in our own country where we can all look at privileges. Mm. And progress, you know, and I think I think about that very often. The rooms that we are very fortunate to be invited into, you know, I've cooked for the Obamas, for the Clinton, for Joe Biden, for all of them. I'm invited into all these places, you know. Jason, when he performs, I mean, this is incredible performance with Jason. Maybe you were there when he performs. Paul Simon, you can call me Al. And I looked through the audiences, you know, they, you know, Jason just does an incredible performance and. But yet, there's not a lot of people looking like us. Um, when you go into space like that, I know you're aware of your presence and how you look, but you're also not representing yourself. You're representing, of course, your daughters, but you're also representing other black women and girls. Yes. How does that make you feel like the only one in the room? We all know this feeling. Yes. The only one in the room. Well, uh Today, uh, it makes me feel um, proud. Uh, well, I, 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 I'm proud that I can make and be the change. Not sad, of course, that, that that's a fact. But I'm so well aware of the racism and the discrimination. And it's my daily fights. So I'm thinking that I mean, sometimes people tell me, oh, do you really want to be the only black woman around that table? Isn't it like, like you, this, uh, this uh, uh, what's it called? This, uh, like rep- a token. Yes, like a token. That is represent- they only have you there because you are black and a woman. I say, they can have me there for mm. any reason. <laughs> I will be there mm. just to mm. make... It's what be- you do when you're in yes, there. Yes, it's what I do when mm. in there. And mm. if I can be there as the black woman, I can open the door a bit. And they can see that a black mm-hmm. woman can say good things and be smart and maybe or even be the leader of the pack. So I try, mm. I always uh, aim for being the chair of the meeting, to be the one who holds the uh, presentation mm-hmm. and to make sure that mm-hmm. I am really, because I, yes, as you said, uh, Marcus, I'm representing so much more just because the color mm. of my skin. 
So I mean, and 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 you can't you can't. It's too early to gauge the amount of young girls and boys who look like you, who look like us, who are seeing you in that uh, room and who have seen you on TV and giving speeches and talking, who are thinking one day that could be me. Yes. And I think, you know, I mean, that, but five, 10, 15 years from now, we'll have politicians who will testament to, well, I saw Alice Ba when I was growing up and that made me realize it was possible. But it won't happen without a fight. And this is, I mean, and I think this is so important to acknowledge because because they were saying the same thing 20 years ago and 30 years ago, and still we are not represented in the, in the, in the numbers that we should be. I mean, if you just were counting, because all knowledge and all powers doesn't come in a, a white man in his 50s. I mean, there's so much knowledge. I mean, the discrimination is a, a a big problem in in Europe. After you know, when 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 George Floyd w- was killed, uh, we did. Uh, I took. Uh, I uh, raised the issue in the bureau of the Greens in the Parliament to do a resolution. The resolution is the strongest tool we have when we condemn things, and I, I said that we should do a resolution to condemn the police violence in the U.S. And first of all, oh, no, the, the other groups won't agree with this, the social democrats and the conservatives and the racists, <laughs> you know, the other ones in the parliament. <laughs> and I said, well, let's yeah. try. Let's try. And we shouldn't stop there, I said. We should condemn the police violence in the U.S., but we should also say that we have problems, the same problems in, in Europe. And then they said, oh, they will definitely do not agree with that, Alice. And I said, let's try. And then I went to have coffees with so many white men in this house. And I told them, I mean, because they are good conservative people, they are good social democrats. So I uh, uh, talked and talked and talked, and then we should vote. And we voted uh, this resolution in a broad majority. So for the first time, uh, the European Parliament condemned the police violence in the US, but also put the light on the racism in Europe. <laughs> I mean, and why I'm telling this is that this story shows that it is possible to do a change. I mean, I think that why I raised this issue first in the Bureau of the Greens was because I felt so uh, appointed. I felt that uh, George Floyd and all uh, women and men and all people being killed because of the color of the skin and because of the racism that is structured uh, and puts the oppression on people, I felt that they are pointing at me and I need to, to be their voice in the rooms that I have had the possible to, possibility to be in. And uh, the, yeah. so, I mean... Being the only one. Being the one only one, yes, exactly. So being mm, the only one, mm. it could be a burden, but it could also be possibilities. Great possibilities, yeah. no, and I, we have to take these chances. All, and you look at what 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 just recently happened in France with the with the uh, the music producer who was brutalized by the police and the law that the that the French aimed to pass. And it's it's just painfully obvious. I, I mean, myself spent all summer talking to people in Sweden who were saying, "Well, at least Sweden is not as bad as the United States." Or Europe is not as bad as the United States. I said, no, it's not as bad. You know, you might not get killed by the police, you know, in the same number that that black and brown people in the United States are. But the same oppressive mechanisms exist here, too. Yes. yes. And, and I'm realizing have- in Sweden now that there's a lot of blowback to saying, even saying Black Lives Matter in Sweden exactly. is controversial. Yes. And they say, oh, this, they is, so this is left-wing say- politics. Yes. I'm like, Sean yeah. Alice, don't push, 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 push. Yeah, no, push. I'm sorry to cut Show you Alice, off. Show you are our guest. No, <laughs> no, me, no but you are, you are our guest. You're absolutely yeah, yeah. right. I mean, and people and the powers are getting so threatened when we are saying that. Because, it, I mean, I say it all the time. No, you can't just... Uh, I mean, the American context is American, 
but we have a European context and we have sl- had slavery. I mean, we have uh, the Netherlands, uh, the yeah, French. Let's not forget it, who started sl- transatlantic ex- slavery. Exactly. Yeah. And even mm. Sweden had a colony uh, over there. I mean, so, Absolutely. I mean, Absolutely. this is structured racism and discrimination is a problem. And if we can't even say it, then we, I mean, that puts really the light yeah. on and the that's, problem. And that's something where the United States has gone a lot of further than, than Europe and Sweden. No, the fact that, that to be able to acknowledge it and that there are people... And this push and pull. Without What mm. what good things happens without a push and pull? But I, was, but, I just think, like, that the three things I want to say that I think is the main thing. First of all, this interview is so great because... The tonality has the most beautiful swinglish in the world. I love that. But your African Gambian side comes the through your hands. <laughs> like you are beating us through the machine. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. like, go for it. So I'm so proud of exactly. your father. So that is like, that is amazing. And mother. And small. And, and small. Exactly. Sorry. Yeah. Exactly. But then the, can you give us, what are the three things? If you would, could give a young Alice, or a young person in Sweden today, a woman, uh, advice. Like, so we can really, we have, if we have acknowledged a problem, but I also would love to give some, what are three solutions that work for you? Well, uh, I would say uh, um, organize, uh, get information, like really, as organize with, with others. I, when I was young, I, I often felt that I had to be strong myself and uh, sometimes I even uh, try to to do things uh, by myself but then I found out that uh, I was much more successful when I joined others and when we did things together to so to get organized is is one advice because we with the challenges are so many and they are so big so we need to be many and we are stronger together so get organized Uh, I would also say that um, uh, that don't be embarrassed that you are driven by anger. I'm so driven by oh, anger. Wow. I'm so mm. mad. That's that wood on the fire, <laughs> yes. right? That's the, it's about yes. what you do wow. with the anger. Yes. It's about what, how you exactly. use the anger. Yes. I haven't, yeah. I haven't yeah. heard it like that. I love mm. that. Yes. So don't be upset. No, don't be embarrassed because embarrassed people tell you that's not no, no, a no. good driving force to be angry. It should be something yeah. else. I said, no. Yeah. Hell no. I'm angry. <laughs> and I will be, I'll keep on yeah, being yeah, angry. Yeah, yeah. I can tell. I mean, I, mean yeah. the, I think it's yeah. so important. It's my anger. But that's what, that's what fuels, that's a part of the fuel for your passion. Yes. That's yes. so obviously there. Yes, and sometimes when I really have those enemies around me, if I didn't have my anger then, I would be a I mean, a vote fleck, what's it called? I would be... Mm, mm, uh, just a wet spot. A just wet spot. Like, I would be puddle. nothing. I, yeah. But my anger mm. is my surviving kit. It's like a... Oh. And the third... Uh, to fight. So, <laughs> nice. so don't be... And the third thing. And the, the third, third thing. thing. Get organized, the anger, and... Um, uh, I love that, that you're really mm. highlighting that. that I would that's, say... That's warrior spirit. Well, that's I would say spirit. make sure that you know your priorities so that you mm-hmm. you don't lose yourself on the way i'm i'm very you know my brother and my sister they are the greatest gift and you know i have children also but my, my brother and my sister is not i mean and where are you where are you in the syscon scale like, i'm the, the oldest i'm are the big oldest, sister middle? I'm the, the big oldest. sister, then okay. I have a brother, then I have a sister. And now, of course, they are in the 40s, and so they are big also. But I've always told my parents that the greatest gift they've given to me, uh, no matter how, uh, I mean, the Christmas gifts and so on, it's my brother and my sister. And we we try oh, to keep mm, each mm, other mm. tight. We have this chat, so we talk every day. And I can, and uh, so they they give me also the sense of belonging, Uh, I know where I come from. I'm their big sister, and they my little brother and my little sister. So uh, that's, I also think, uh, is very important. So know your priorities. Get your priorities straight so you know where you can get fuel and where you can rest. You know, when I am, sometimes I just go home to my brother. He lives in, on, in the north of Stockholm. And yes, I can be, I mean, I can be totally myself. He doesn't demand anything from me. I can be quiet or just eat or do whatever. I love being with my brother and sister because we are, we are the same. 
So, well, that's, that's my family. Yeah. Yes. But Alice, before we let you go back to the very important work that you do every day, tell us, like looking ahead, January 2021, uh, the first quarter of 2021 might be the most difficult quarter of this entire pandemic or, you know, yes, uh, it, it may very well be like we're far from out of the woods. What do you see as like and speaking of priorities, what is your main priority for the, the, the coming couple of months as far as work and, and what you want to uh, push for and change I mean, we have to uh, face the fact that, uh, uh, unfortunately, and this is something I, I try not to speak about with my children because it's uh, such a rough reality, we don't have so much time. Uh, and if we really want to save this planet for the coming generations, for the future generations, we need to do so much more and we need to raise to the occasion. And that's why it's so important to organize because you, maybe you can't be the strongest every day all the time, but now we need fighters. We need people who are determined to make a change. So we need to move. When, when I feel, feel tired, I need to go to rest, but then someone else, then, then you, Jason, you should go for a phone. And then when really, you retire, yeah, then yeah. Marcus go. So we need to organize yeah. and really be up for the fight because we must make it through this pandemic. And the worst thing, another pandemic is waiting. So this is mm -hmm. a new dark reality. And that's why we need to, to do more and do better. And we need to also prioritize to, to make sure that we are taking the fights that we need to take right now. And right now we have the, the emissions that need, is needed to go down. I mean, uh, and we, and we and because also people are fleeing, you know, there are more people fleeing than ever. And they are fleeing also because of the global heating. So we need to, to do so much more to make sure that we end the suffering. People, children are dying on the Greek islands right now when we speak. I mean, it's like it's I mean, like Chomsky said. Chomsky said last year that that the refugee crisis of 2015 is just a dress rehearsal for when you have, for example, a third of Bangladesh underwater and you have 100 million people trying to get into Europe. Exactly. Well, well, Alice, we we um, I want two things. Um, the one of the things that being the only one in the room really fueled me. I didn't even think you made me think about it from a different place. And that's why I've seen guests. So I really appreciate that. And my thing about being a black chef, it always was to <laughs> drive forces of eventually not being the only one, right? So I remember when you came to Red Rooster, and I was just thinking about it today. I wonder if Alice noticed, because you were there with a lot of other people, that she entered a restaurant for the first time. I knew it was your first time. And I knew without knowing all your experiences. That's the first time that you entered a restaurant that you were part of the majority. The majority of the guests are black. The majority of the guests of our guests are women. And you sat in the booth, I remember the booth you sat, and you sat with all these people. And I was like, that was something that, it's, it's so interesting what people can take from your experience. We met very briefly, and you were super busy, but I was like, this experience is so much part of the why, why I became a chef and the changes that you can create, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, you know, my why, I share my why with Jason, although he has a different medium and a completely different, but yet I share so much of my why mm -hmm. with you and I share my why with you, then how we go about it is obviously very, very different. We're so proud of you. Yeah. And I apologize for my shoplifting circa 1984. <laughs> but that's I why apologize, you cook the food, man. That's but, why you cook the food. But <laughs> I agree with your father. If yeah. they ever speak <laughs> bad about you, put some respect on the name. Put some respect on the name. I respect that. I really, really respect that. Alice, again, thank you for the work you're doing. <laughs>
thank you for coming on our show and taking time out of your busy day. And thank you for being a warrior on the front line for all of us, really and truly. It was an honor to speak to oh, you. Oh, thank you. And uh, I just wish you all, yeah, all of the best. Yes, and yes. I hope that you get to take a vacation in your yeah. brother's couch all over yes. Christmas. Yes. You don't have to see any Nazis in the hallways. No. And you can just chill, you know. Yes. That's what I hope for you so that when, when January comes <laughs> and 2021 rolls around, you're ready for it. I know you will be. Thank you. Thank you so much, oh, Bless. Thank you so much. Thank you. Du var helt Jag älskar vara din energi. Alltså, jag bara säger det, Alice. More of that. Yes. Boyaka. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.